This week on the Totally Biased Media Podcast, we talk Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Amazon takes us to space and EVGA's customer service. The Captain America writers reveal his dirty secret and more. Stay tuned for another Toonie Mooney Looney episode of TBM. Jackson Walkup, and I want you for my Space Jam team. I'm Jason Simmons, and you know I'm claustrophobic. I'm Jordan Walkup. Word up, it's Porky Pig. They call me P-double-A-I-G. Step to me. He don't want no trouble. I was famous before the internet since 1935. I've been getting respect. This pig is lit. I'm super legit. Every time I'm out in public, people asking me for pics. You, nobody knows you when you walk the street, how your last name rhythm, and you still offbeat. From beginning to the end, I'm here for all the smoke. Your squad ain't all stars. Your squad is all jokes. End this with one bomb. Most famous of all quotes. This battle is now over. That's, that's all, folks. Folks, (laughs) we're talking... About Space Jam, colon, A New Legacy. Now, this is one that, of course, comes on the tails of one of the greatest movies of all time. But that doesn't mean that this movie lives up to the hype. Jackson, why don't you start us off by telling us what Space Jam, A New Legacy is. Space Jam is everything you want it to be and everything you don't want it to be. Imagine if you put LeBron James... Um, his fake son, because that's not his, that's not actually his son playing the son, right? Oh. No. No. And, uh, and Don Cheadle in a room together. You get this. Imagine you put, you take LeBron James, LeBron James' son, and Don Cheadle and put them in a room with a bunch of people wearing green suits, and you'd get this movie. So set us up with that story. <laughs> so... This story is about the relationship between LeBron James and his son, Dominic James. (laughs) That was his full name. I don't know why you're laughing. I mean, I think that's his real son's name, isn't it? I don't know, and I'm not about to look that up. (laughs) Character in the movie, Dom James. (laughs) But anyways, his son, you know, he's the son of famous basketball legend LeBron James. So... He feels like he's got a lot to live up to, but he doesn't want to be a basketball star like his dad. He wants to create video games, more specifically, one about basketball called Dom Ball. <laughs> I just want you guys to all know, I did look it up. LeBron James has three children. Bronny James, Bryce Maximus James, and Jury James. Oof. Uh, so he doesn't have one named Dom. So they Sorry. really had, they were really trying to rein it in when they named this character Dominic. <laughs> but anyways, LeBron likes basketball. Dom likes video games. And basketball. Well, yeah. Mostly video games. You would think the way that they would reconcile this is having a conversation. Or a more likely father-son dynamic. 
they don't reconcile this. That's stupid. This, <laughs> if that happened, what would the movie do? <laughs> but instead, the way that they solve their family problems is to get sucked into a computer, have to play basketball with the Looney Tunes against a bunch of monster versions of famous NBA players. And, and WNBA. True, true. Uh, and then uh, Don Sheedle is there. So that's, that is Space Jam, A New Legacy. So, Jason, why don't you kick us off with that review? I know what you want. You want me to tell you some of the themes of the movie. (laughs) We haven't done this for a while. A big theme in Space Jam 2. um, Family. (laughs) It's important. Wait a second. This movie is about family and it's got a guy named Dom in it? (laughs) Well, it's a tried and true formula. But unlike the Fast and Furious films, which are some of the greatest movies in the canon of human entertainment, this movie is bad. Also, (laughs) it's bad, like, in the 90s sense, right? Yeah. Like, Space Jam Jam 1, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Uh... I think that both Space Jam movies are about the same quality-wise. Uh, in that I would say both of them are bad, and then I'd have, like, laser sound effects going on. <laughs> uh, Jordan, in the future, if you just want to edit it, I'll set you up. So it's, Space Jam is bad! <laughs> yeah. And then there, there's just gonna be, there, there's gonna be laser sound effects right after that. You got it. Yep. I am very good at sound effects. I do those often. But... <laughs> It's it's weird to talk about this movie because it's such a it's such a ridiculous movie. That being said, I did find myself genuinely laughing at this movie a lot more than I thought I would. And not just at how bad it was. I laughed at that a lot. But like there were some actually funny and fairly self-aware moments that I thought were were interesting and not what I was expecting. I don't know. I don't <laughs> They're not, there's not enough to make up for how bad the movie is. Like, you can't just have a scene in your movie where you're just like, wow, isn't it bad when they make bad sequels to things? And then we're like, oh, now this bad sequel is a good sequel. There are a lot of, lot of moments when they're just like, man, it's crazy how there was a movie just like this before. Anyways, on with this movie. (laughs) Something really important I want to bring up. In Space Jam 1... The Looney Tunes live in the in the center of the Earth. Uh, in this movie, it's presumably the same Looney Tunes where they got, like, scanned into a computer at some point. But they live inside of a computer now. In the Warner Brothers serververse. I think what's a lot more likely is the real Looney Tunes are still out there living underground somewhere. And these are just digital recreations of the Looney Tunes. But those Looney Tunes are old. They're not good at basketball anymore. <laughs> I think what happened is they just got scanned into the computer like LeBron did. Makes sense. And when they had some big challenge against Don Cheadle's hit character, Al G. Rhythm, <laughs> they were not able to win and free themselves. So they got stuck in the computer forever. Now, folks, Al G. Rhythm is a pretty important character in this movie pretty much throughout. And they say the name Al G. Rhythm so much. <laughs> I want to spoil something for you all. Algae Rhythm, he gets that name because he's an algorithm, believe it or not. I was sitting there the whole time watching the movie, 
not really 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. It felt like they kind of set it up, but, you know, it was it was unclear, yeah. really. Yeah. So, Algorithm, uh, being a very cool and normal computer program. Well, Al is probably short for Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the G? I'm going to guess Giovanni. I think he's, uh, I think he's part Italian. Yeah. I mean, I'll look at Don Cheadle and think Italian. Well, it's he, it's a movie. <laughs> okay? There's got to be some suspense. <laughs> you know? Some you, suspension of disbelief. Exactly. Just a little bit. Yeah. For Space Jam. You have to believe. Makes sense. So you're telling me that you can believe that Don Cheadle's a computer program, but being Italian is where <laughs> you draw the line. <laughs> so there's, there's a post-credit scene where after he loses the game... He goes back home to his uh, serververse Italian family and gets the Italian mob. Well, he goes back, he goes into his house, he sees his mom, and she's all like, Ah, gabagool! <laughs> it's that just like, I cook a de pasta! <laughs> Anyways, Albert Giovanni rhythm, rhythm, rhythm is all like, I want to be as big as LeBron James. And he's like, and the best way to do this is to kidnap his son and make them do basketball. And what's probably the most confusing part of this movie, which there's a lot that's confusing about this movie, is in the end, they're not playing basketball. They're playing Dom Ball, which is like basketball if basketball had no rules and made zero sense. <laughs> like, Once again, so in the first one, there was an impartial ref. In Marvin the Martian, who was both an alien and a Looney Tune. Uh, In this movie, the ref is just straight up... He's a computer program. He's he's, LG Rhythm sidekick. Yeah, he's straight up on the bad guy's side. Like, (laughs) unabashedly. He straight up, like, moves the basket at one point. (laughs) So the goon squad can score a point. And also... There's a point when Lola Bunny makes this, like, crazy, almost half-court shot, and it's just three points. Then there's a scene where someone runs over some power-ups and does, like, a weird spin thing, and then they do the easiest layup imaginable, and that's 32 points. So, well, like, there's style points. Yeah. And then there's also power-up points. Yeah. Because it's a video game. Yeah. And then there's windmill points. Yeah, wind... Yeah. <laughs> At one point... I think it's I think it's the first goal in the game. Yeah, someone does like a windmill when they're going for a uh, <laughs> uh, a slam dunk, and it's probably the least impressive trick that anyone does in the movie. And it's just like thirty six points right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so there's not a lot of consistency in the rules of Dom Ball, but as long as you're having fun and forget about the fact. That somehow this game of Domball is accounting for the lives of thousands upon thousands of innocent civilians, it's fine. You just go up there and have a good time and you win at Domball. Domball is just like regular basketball, except you do constantly have to be drinking a bottle of Dom pee. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where when it's set up, it's pretty clear where this is going. Because LeBron sits down with the son and he's like, son... I know you don't like basketball, and I don't respect that. But why don't you go ahead and show me this video game for a minute? And the video game is clearly just NBA Jam. Like, like across the board, it's just NBA Jam. But everyone's like, wow, this is incredibly revolutionary. We need to expand upon this immensely. Wow, this is incredible. You managed to create a video game from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Using only the technology available to you in 2021. 
And so much of it was inspired by NBA Jam, but clearly they have no association with whatever company currently holds the rights to it. Because they never, like, mention it, show anything from it, reference it whatsoever. But this is NBA Jam across the board. The only difference is sometimes you have to run over a power-up instead of just get them by, like, doing dunks or whatever. Uh, At one point, someone says they should do an alley-oop. Yeah. Which, I don't know, is that a thing in real basketball? Well, I mean, yes, but not something that's done. It's not It's not a smart or good strategy under any circumstances. It's just something you do to show off. Look, you just need to be in the air and hope that I get the ball to you in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Now, I gotta say, though, LeBron James' acting is exactly what you would expect it to be. <laughs> If you saw Michael Jordan and you were like, he's a pretty bad actor, you're probably going to think the same thing when you see LeBron James. One for one the same. I will give it to LeBron because I'm sure a lot more of what he was doing was just standing in front of a green screen and moving his arms and face in a weird way. I'm sure there was plenty of that in the original. But this movie's like 100% CGI from like the 50% point on. No, I think I think Space Jam 1 is old enough that it's probably just... Just Michael Jordan a lot of the time. Mm. This movie, they probably have people in green suits and, yeah. like, at least, like, a, a ball, like a, <laughs> like a tennis ball on a stick that yeah. he can tell eye lines from. Yeah. Space Jam 1, they, <laughs> they were not going to edit out an entire guy in a green screen for every shot. That's true. Or in a That's green true. screen suit. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. So... An important important element of this movie is what it's called the serververse, which is where most of it takes place. Essentially think a world where all the planets are different Warner Brothers properties. This should have been a tennis movie. <laughs> <laughs> serververse. <laughs> okay. It took me a minute. Okay. But this this the serververse, you got all the big hits, you know, Harry Potter, the Justice League, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Casablanca for some reason, The Wizard of Oz, The Matrix, like everywhere, like everything that you would think of when you think Warner Brothers is here in some facet in this movie for children where they go to The Matrix. <laughs> like it's just I'm I'm not 100% sure who the intended audience of this movie is. Because... Uh, the audience is children and people that saw Space Jam 1. <laughs> right. But I don't think it really... Anyone that saw Space Jam 1. <laughs> I don't think it appealed to either especially well. Because the concepts have not evolved at all. And the humor is exactly the same as the original in, like, a, in an aged poorly way. But then there's all these references to, like... 90s and early 2000s stuff and it just seems really weird like it, it's not it's like they it's like they went in and it's like how can we make a movie that applies to both millennials that love space jam and to little kids that are just now watching cartoons and then they failed at both of those things very badly and there is like a fun easter egg hunt section and i call that the entire second half of the movie <laughs> yeah um <laughs> once the basketball game starts they're suddenly they, they bring in a whole bunch of people from the real world. And they're basically on one side of the stadium. And the other side of the stadium is a whole bunch of Warner Brothers properties. Uh, and it's just... Can you find... I don't know... Can Batman you... 66 in this crowd? Yeah. Can you spot the Iron Giant in this crowd of people? Can you find the Droogs from, from Clockwork Orange? 
Probably because everyone pointed them out when they were in the trailer. Yeah. So you know where to look. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's very weird. Honestly, it was really hard to actually pay attention to the Looney Tunes playing basketball at all. Because I was just looking for like, come on, this is going to be the point when they showed the Tin Man. I know he's coming. <laughs> it was weird. I just want to, I pointed it out during the movie when I was talking to them. Um, when you see King Kong, he's based off of Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. But they made him, like, way more cartoony for some reason. So it's like, why did you pick the most, like, realistic depiction of Kong? And then you were just like, alright, now let's make him a cartoon. I think even the new Kong would make more sense to have used in that scene <laughs> than Peter Jackson's, where he's just straight up a gorilla. Yeah. I think there should have been a point where if you, like, looked really closely in, like, the back corner of the screen, you can see Godzilla, and he's enormous, but he's standing so far away. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't really know what Warner Brothers owns. Yeah, it's it's beyond me. I'm surprised they were able to do King Kong. Because yeah. I think technically, uh, like, Legendary might own Kong, I thought. Or maybe that they just produced right. the movies. Yeah, he could be old enough he's just public domain. I, I don't know. That would make sense. No. It's just, everything about this movie is just weird, and it was clearly just trying to set up as many crossovers and references and whatever. This is one of those things where, between the ridiculous meme ability of it, and the fact this was released on streaming, this movie wasn't made to make money from, like, the traditional movie routes. This movie was meant to make money from, like, weird online advertising, like, third-party routes. Like, it's so crazy, just everything about it. Yeah, they spent so much time trying to just jam as many Warner Brothers properties into the background of every shot that none of them do anything interesting. Like, they're all just, like, looping the same animation over and over. Like, every time you see... Uh, like, Burt Ward Robin in the background. He's doing the exact same thing. I, like, I think he has two different animation sets. There's, the game is exciting and good, and then there's something sad happened. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there's no in-between. And I know what you're thinking. You know, we're crapping on the story and the bloated product placements and just how much of this movie was, was blatantly a rip-off of surprisingly little product placement. Well, okay, not product placement, but, like, brand advertising, I guess. There was a really obvious Nike one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you have have all of this going on, and a lot of it's just kind of cheesy. But you would think, like, you know, well, if nothing else, this is just sort of a visual spectacle. You're seeing all these characters do really cool basketball things, and you're in all these crazy environments and looping all these characters together in weird ways. Uh, bad news, it also looks very bad. <laughs> like, visually, an unpleasant movie. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, because I think the Looney Tunes look fine in 2D, uh, but LeBron James looks awful in 2D. It's like the Looney Tunes are in a normal Looney Tunes art style, and yeah. then LeBron James is in like that really crappy, like, animation style they were doing on Cartoon Network for like 10 years straight (laughs) where every single show looks the same yeah Uh, and then they switch to 3d and the people look fine but the Looney Tunes are somewhat unsettling yeah it's like it it almost harbors on some uncanny valley stuff because they're like kind of human in their like expressions and in their facial structure but they're still like the bodies and size of their Looney Tunes characters. It's just, it's very strange, and clearly it was not 
animated super well. I almost wonder if doing the Looney Tunes in 3D was like sort of a last minute decision for some reason. Because it just seemed like it was across the board not well done. I just think it wasn't well done in general. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, everything about this movie was a lazy cash grab. I wonder if this movie would have come to be at all if if it wasn't for COVID and the increase in streaming services because of that. I mean, this movie, it's been in talks for forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Technically, I think this movie is a sequel to Looney Tunes Back in Action. (laughs) But they don't mention Brendan Fraser. I just just thought about that, and I just wanted to point it out. Um, It's just... But, like, they've been planning to make a sequel to Space Jam for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Like, I bring up Looney Tunes Back in Action. That movie is the reason why they canceled... The follow-up starring Tony Hawk, Skate Jam. <laughs> and they <laughs> plan on doing this with a lot of other people, too. Like, Tiger Woods. I think there was something with, like, Dale Earnhardt at one point. Like, they were planning on doing all kinds of weird Space jam Tony Hawk, stuff. though, they were, like, hardcore in talks with him. Yeah. And, like, until... I think it was not long after Looney Tunes Back in Action came out and they saw, like, what a flop it was, they just, like, cut communication with Tony Hawk entirely. I think that's why they made some of those animated Tony Hawk movies, if you remember those, in the, I would guess, like, around jump 5, jump 10. Hmm. I don't remember. I do distinctly remember him appearing in Rocket Power, but I believe that would have been more like the 2000-2001 time frame. There was straight up a cartoon where it was pretty similar to Rocket Power. Like, it was a bunch of skateboarding kids, and then Tony Hawk is in it. And Mm. he's, like, their hero or whatever. (laughs) Nice. Um, But it was, like, a whole movie. (laughs) Tony Hawk's my hero. I think they were trying to get into a skate competition hosted by Tony Hawk. We're getting way off on tangents (laughs) I think I remember what you're talking about. But back to Space Jam, A New Legacy. Now, a big focus in this movie's story is the relationship between Dom and LeBron. Now, Wait, just to set it up. Again? Dom and LeBron? LeBron James! <laughs> yeah. Dom. Twice in a week, or twice in two weeks. Yeah. Between The relationship between Dom and LeBron. And I do just want to set this, guy, this up for you guys. Uh, LeBron's just a terrible father. Like, that's the plot of the movie. LeBron's a bad dad at pretty much every chance he gets to not be a bad dad. And They got a basketball court at at their own house, and he's like, even when you're on this court, no fun allowed on the court. Yeah. And Uh, and then he hits his other other son in the head with a basketball. (laughs) Good times. Yeah. Also, the other son's just kind of forgotten about. He doesn't matter. Well, like... Because he likes basketball? Well, he's at the house playing basketball with them, and then they go to Warner Brothers to just chill with Algie Rhythm and Sarah Silverman, and and Stephen Stephen Yeun, yeah, and instead of Invincible, another show we've already reviewed, go back and watch that. That was in the other Space Jam. Dang! Oh, whoa! It's all coming full circle. (laughs) (laughs) But, anyways, he. He shows up, like, LeBron and Dom go to Warner Brothers to talk about LeBron apparently appearing as Mr. Freeze and as Harry Potter. But regardless, LeBron's going to be in all these movies, and LeBron's like, no thanks. And then LeBron and Dom go missing, and then... Sorry, uh, they don't say no thanks. They specifically say, this is a stupid idea, and you're stupid for recommending it. Yeah. 
Um, and it was all algorithms idea. Even though he's just a computer, he came up with everything related to the idea. Yeah. And then he's watching them at this conference. And LeBron James, instead of just being like, I'm not interested, is like, you're stupid, this is stupid, it's all stupid. <laughs> this might be the first movie ever where the actual studio themselves that made the movie are the villains of the movie. And not in like a redeemable way, like straight up. The, the studio aren't make. the bad guys because... Stephen Ewan and uh, and and Sarah Silverman—they're like, yeah, it is stupid. It's bad. We're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's. But anyways, they do this. They get sucked into a computer. The rest of LeBron's family goes looking for them, except for the his, son, his, his other son. Was his... No, he was there. They were oh, they all. Oh, okay. It was his brother. Uh, yeah, I'm mixing up some characters, but yeah, LeBron's brother shows up out of nowhere and he's like, "Hey, I'm in this movie too." Um, but then he's not, other than like two minutes. But like, it's very confusing. There's a lot of things going in a lot of different directions. But I don't think they're brothers. I think they were teammates on the same basketball team when they were kids, and they're just like that, good friends. That makes more mm-hmm. sense. And because because he, he give at the beginning of the movie, he gives him uh, a Game Boy and says like, "My mom got me a new color one" or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. And, oh, and the reason that LeBron James hates fun uh, is because one time one coach said video games are bad, and he was like, well, I gotta throw them all away. So he literally throws the Game Boy he was just given in the trash. So. Literally, he gets it, he, like, at the very beginning, right before the basketball game, and then he throws it away directly after the basketball game. Yeah. If I was Malik, I would never give him anything ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially not something expensive like that. This was like, what? It was like the early to mid-90s? Like, yeah. a Game Boy is expensive. Yeah. Moral of story, LeBron James, bad father, bad friend. Good basketballer? Good Dom baller? <laughs> <laughs> In the second half. He wins one game of Dom Ball, which is the most games I've ever seen anyone win of he, Dom Ball. He does have a perfect record in Dom Ball. Unless you count when he was playing it on his son's computer at the beginning, that he was doing pretty bad. The game crashed. It was fine. True. It's not his fault. Yeah. Yeah, his son also, like, I'm a programmer, so I can say this with complete certainty. He didn't save his work for a whole week? (laughs) (laughs) The game crashes and he loses a character he spent an entire week creating? Also, also, Anthony Davis is in this movie, and... Is he, he in a different movie we saw and reviewed? No. Oh. Uh, so he famously has a unibrow. That's just part of his look, I guess. In this movie, he is turned into a bird person just called the brow. I'm not commenting on that. I'm just throwing it out there. That's something that happens in this hey, movie. Hey, shut up. He's the flyest guy on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, there's a guy called, like, Icy Hot or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe, I think his actual name is, it, it's Wetfire, isn't it? Yeah. Something, yeah. It, it, it is Wetfire. It's Wetfire, and he only turns into fire maybe two or three times, but he uses water powers the whole rest of the game. Yeah. He can also turn the ball in the water, and whenever, well, not whenever he did it, but the first time he did it, he said, Wet ball, baby. <laughs> Wet ball, baby! <laughs> Bugs Bunny is much more chaotic in this than he was in the first Space Jam. Yeah. He straight up drives LeBron James off of a cliff. Just for no reason. Just cause. 
maybe to kill him? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think he was crazy at the beginning of the film. So before before LeBron James gets there, all of the other Looney Tunes have left to be in other Warner Brothers properties, <laughs> uh, except for Bugs Bunny, who's living alone in Toon World. And when LeBron James gets there, I do not think he's mentally well. Uh, also, Big Chungus is in the movie. <laughs> Keep your eye out for it. You can't miss it. Literally, like, the first thing Bug Bunny does. He says his iconic catchphrase, I am Big Chungus, look at me. <laughs> Bugs Bunny says his iconic catchphrase, What is going on, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Zach Braffy says. <laughs> Speaking of Zach Braffy... <laughs> I watched the new episode of Celebrity Family Feud, the, the new episode that is, at the time of recording this, I think, like, two months old. And I just gotta say, uh, guy who plays Turk, I'm blanking Donald on Faison. Yeah, Donald Faison? He's awful at Family Feud. <laughs> well, everyone on Family Feud is awful at Family Feud. That's part of the rules. He might be the worst person I've ever seen play Family Feud. Nice. He wanted to be a meme. He was just doing it so he could... He, he just was doing it One of the questions was, if all the animals were trying to escape from the zoo, which animal would help them get over the fence? And he said, the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got it. Sorry. I, uh, I'm getting off on some tangents today, but I just wanted to point that one out. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if I had to review this movie... <laughs> you know what? I am going to review this movie. It's got bad acting, bad directing, bad visuals. The story doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, and just a reminder for future Jordan. Every time he says bad, laser sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Everything about the movie, bad. Funny, not when it's trying to be... And sometimes there are some self-aware jokes that kind of land, but then they still... It's like when you say... I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. (laughs) It's like in a movie when they're... Okay, I have a good way to compare it. So there's this game called CrossCode, which no one has played. (laughs) And in CrossCode, you're playing inside of an MMO. And they make jokes about how MMOs are all stupid fetch quests, which is funny. But then they still make you do the stupid fetch quests. We already talked. Yeah, it's just like I was saying earlier. You can't just say this is a bad, dumb sequel, and then suddenly it's a good sequel. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. And, you know, when when it's already a bad movie, and then you spend the second half not paying attention to the movie and just trying to pick out faces in the crowd... <laughs> It's just, it sets itself up to be really unwatchable. That being said, I recommend every single person who saw the first movie see this movie as well immediately. Overall, zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also watched this movie. With these two, I might add. Um, and also, Abby was there. And my parents, sometimes. And our baby brother. Yeah, they were all there. And, um, only four of us were there at the end of the movie. (laughs) 
Yeah. I don't know if that says anything. I just wanted to bring it up. Everyone, including including our baby brother, did leave the room yeah. at some point during the movie. Three sevenths of the of people watching the movie didn't feel the need to finish the movie. This is a five year old kid who is currently obsessed with Lola Bunny because of a Happy Meals toy, and he left the movie. And Lola Bunny probably has the most screen time of any of the Looney Tunes in the second half, except for Bugs. Well, yeah, yeah. Um. But like, yeah, I it was all right. They kept trying to do jokes with Granny, and I didn't find any of them funny. They were all really cringy. It was just like, ha ha, that old lady said something young people say. Um, but also the things that they had her saying that young people say were already outdated. So it was also a lot of like, ha ha, this is an old woman, and then uh, she does like ninja stuff, and it's like we already saw that in the first movie. You can't just use the same joke again. Yeah, oh, they do it twice. Also, there's a scene that where uh, Don Cheadle accidentally says a very forced rhyme, and because of that, it goes into a rap battle where Porky Pig uh, raps against him. This is what I uh, mentioned at the, at, in the introduction. Um, that was one of the worst scenes I've ever witnessed. <laughs> it was uncomfortable from start to finish, and then everything they did after it was almost as cringy as just the rapping was. So, like, I rescind my score. It's a negative one out of ten. I, there, I would say for me, there was only really one joke that I can remember that landed. It's uh, during halftime, when, when you see your boy, Michael Jordan. I'm not going to go too far into it, but let's just say it's by far good enough reason to watch the whole movie. Um... I'm going to give that scene, um, I gave Space Jam 1 a 50. This one's, th- that scene's getting a 60 out of 10. The rest of the movie is getting 3 out of 10. <laughs> oh wait, there's a scene where they recreate the intro to The Matrix, but with uh, Speedy Gonzalez and, and Granny. Granny. Uh, so my review is actually a 2 out of 10. <laughs> That said, I do love Speedy Gonzalez. Jackson. Look, you've heard what you have to hear. Well, all I'm going to say is just the same stuff they just said again. And say it, it, you cowards. Say it all verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. But it was enjoyable in the fact that it was funny because it was bad. Two out of ten. It's the best movie I've seen in a long time that I didn't pay for. <laughs> it's the best Space Jam movie to come out this month. It's the best Space Jam to come out this millennium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, if, if I'm being honest, uh, I it's not a good movie. But I, there were parts of it I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. And, like, overall, it wasn't as... Uh, as a, like as much of a heartless cash grab as I expected it to be, not nothing really redeeming about it in that regard. But I, if I were to give it an honest score, it would probably be a three out of ten. I mean, if I'm gonna give it an honest score, maybe a four out of ten. <laughs> I mean, it's no Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this for ten more minutes, and then suddenly it's uh, perfect ends. <laughs> Let's keep talking up our scores until we get somewhere good. <laughs> no, I like leaving it as the official TVM score as a 3 out of 10. That feels right. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. And others, 3 out of 10. Space Jam 2, <laughs> new legacy. Wet ball, baby! <laughs> <laughs>
Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's me, your boy Jordan, here to tell you about all the big things going down in the world of video games, television, movies, music, uh, etc. Jeff, Jeff Bezos' overcompensations, everything going on. And first up, we got more superhero movie casting, because that's all we ever seem to be able to talk about around here. <laughs> but this time, we got our Batgirl in HBO Max's new movie, Batgirl. <laughs> I had to confirm it wasn't Batwoman. But anyways... That's a different character. Batgirl just found out this week that Leslie Grace, who got her big breakout debut in In the Heights... Another another thing that we previously reviewed that you should go back and listen to that episode of, maybe? We're going full circle again. We've done three circles in this episode. But anyways, uh, I, I mean, again, I, I haven't seen Leslie Grayson anything other than In the Heights, but I think this could be pretty cool. I, re- I would really like to see her being like this intense, you know, all-out fighting Batgirl Gets into some stuff. I, you know, it'll be cool to see Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little bit nervous that they've already sort of. They've already planned to do. I, I'm sure that they were. They're like, we need to do the Killing Joke as soon as possible. Yeah. Even though, like, it's fine. I don't think it's anywhere near as good of a Batman story as like they want it to be. It's like, everybody talks about it like it's one of the best of all time, but it's just like, I don't think it's aged well. Hush is my favorite. But anyways. Not a big Frank Miller fan, personally. But, uh, I'm, I feel like they've already sort of given up on themselves by making this a, like, direct-to-streaming movie, even though it still hasn't even started production, meaning it's inevitably at least a year out. So, like... It just I think it just shows they're not putting a lot of stock in this one if they're not even going to give it a standard theatrical release. I wouldn't be surprised if they see how well Black Widow's doing and then they're yeah. like Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not doing well in theaters still. So hard to yeah. say. Yeah. Bit of a catch twenty two, because all the there's all those movie theater owners out there who are, like, making a big deal about how Black Widow's available on streaming services, and they're like, oh, no one's coming to see it in theaters. And it's like, yeah. why does it matter? Streaming services hurting theaters feels a lot like the people that built railroads complaining about cars. <laughs> like, this doesn't feel like, this doesn't feel like this is just... They're trying to run us out of business as much as they're making a much better product than we are. (laughs) It's not that it's a better product. It's just, it's a more convenient product. Right. Right? Because I can watch, it it, honestly, Trains to Cars is a really good comparison. Because a train you can only take to places there's already a train station. Yeah. Whereas I can watch something on streaming anywhere and take it anywhere. Yeah. And, and, like, don't get me wrong. I love movie theaters. I'd be so sad if they just stopped being a thing. I, when it's, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, I'd say we go to the movies, what, once a month, every two months at most? Like, we go to the movies a lot. And I love it. It's, like, my favorite thing to do outside of my home. <laughs> but it's still, there are some movies that just don't necessarily merit that trip to the theater. And before, they got 
horrible, horrible DVD releases. Whereas now we have groups like Netflix that can actually like take those ideas that don't merit a movie theater ticket and still make them into something good. Yeah, I I think that streaming definitely has its place. I think it should replace uh, those made-for-DVD movies. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of things that 10 years ago would have been a made-for-DVD movie that is out on streaming services instead, so I actually watched it. Yeah. You know, there's there's a place for the Brother Bear 2 <laughs> of the world, right? Yeah. Well, and streaming services have opened up a lot of doors to, you know, more serious stuff that you're not necessarily going to see on cable television. And I think you're sort of seeing that bleed in sort of characteristics to movies as well, which is which is cool. Um, I mean, like, we would never have really great su- other superhero media like the Daredevil or the Netflix Marvel shows or Umbrella Academy or... The Christmas Prince. We would never have those things without Netflix. <laughs> or that movie where Kurt Russell's Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think actors are generally willing to be in worse movies now than they were in the early 2000s as well. It's also a good possibility. <laughs> but either way, I'm excited to see Leslie Grace as Batgirl. I think she's a very talented actor from what I've seen. And I would very much like to see this super sweet, innocent girl from In the Heights in, like... Batgirl scenes, like... You know what I would like to see? I would like to see the new Ferrari 296 GTB, (laughs) and I would like to see myself driving it. Well, I've got good news for you, because a popular sports car manufacturer Ferrari and popular video game Fortnite. That that makes sense, because I did specifically want a Ferrari. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that you wanted to see the Ferrari... Uh, 296 GTB as Batgirl. (laughs) I would. I thought you wanted to see it in Genshin Impact. (laughs) No, but anyways, Ferraris have made their way into Fortnite. And it's a, a very strange promotion. That being said, these are very, very, very expensive cars. And there's probably a couple of really rich streamers out there that have now bought them because of this promotion. But... I don't really know who the target audience here is. Is the car out for me. already? Yes, it is. Okay. And I've already gone in and played a lot of the game since it came out. I've already done all the missions related to it. Like, it's good stuff, I'll admit. But it's, it's still a very strange promotion. Is it better than other cars in the game? Yeah, substantially. Like, a lot faster. It's a lot less durable than other ones, of course. But Is the Batmobile in the game? No. No. Yeah, well, I think I'm done talking about Fortnite cars <laughs> till they add the Batmobile, or yeah. maybe the Superman-mobile, or the the Spider-Man car. Yeah. It is weird how much more detailed the Ferrari is than other cars in the game, because others are very bare bones, like, nothing aesthetically interesting about them, like, maybe a spoiler on a nice car or whatever. The but other like... ones have, like, a straight vertical uh, grill in the front. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this one is, like perfectly the same as it is in real life. Yeah. Like, this one's a one-for-one recreation, whereas all the others look like the bad off-brand, like, Hot Wheels cars. Like It's like you have the cars from the movie Incredibles, and then you have this Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Um, that being said, it is, it is a cool event. Um, kind of weird to have to do, like, time trials in a car in the middle of a Battle Royale, but, like, I liked it. So You know what else is kind of weird? They're adding Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn to Genshin Impact. That's not weird at all. <laughs> you, you sure? That's like a pretty normal thing. 
Hey, they added video game character to video game? Well, did you hear about that? This is this is a weird one. This one is a weird one aesthetically. Because Horizon Zero Dawn looks very, very different from Genshin Impact. Now, I think it makes a ton of sense, like gameplay mechanics wise. They are similar games in that regard. But yes, Aloy is coming to Genshin Impact only on the PS4 and PS5 versions, mind you. So no no option to even like cross save her into other versions of the game which is a bummer because i was like two months in on this game on mobile before i stopped playing but now i'm gonna have to start over on on playstation i'm so glad that they finally added video game character that's been in other video games to new video game <laughs> this is the that's first wild this that's is... on the same level as adding a ferrari to a normal video game that doesn't have n- real cars this is it. the first time genshin impact has done any sort of crossover that I know of at least. There there are definitely no other playable characters from outside worlds in the game. Like I thought yeah, it was weird like, when Fortnite first did this. Gorilla's throwing her into everything. Oh, yeah. She's in she's in Monster Hunter. What? Uh, Monster Hunter World. I did not even know this. She's in Fork Knife. She's in Fork Knife. I now think there was another game Genshin. as well. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I think she I think as someone that's a big fan of Genshin and a big fan of Horizon, I think it's very cool. Um, I would very much like to play as her in the game, but I'm not about to start the game on a new console from scratch just to unlock one character. Sorry, guys. As someone that doesn't like uh, live service games or not interested in even looking at Genshin Impact, and also I got bored like two hours into Horizon Zero Dawn... I'm not super excited for this one. I don't know what it is, guys. So for this next headline, um, I'm not comfortable doing a, a funny transition into it, because it just sucks. Yeah. Um, you want to hear about a place that's got even more white men in it? Uh, than TBM? The, the TBM <laughs> podcast? I don't know. Yeah, this one's rough. Yeah. But... This week, we found out that Activision and Blizzard are even worse than we thought. Um, they're, they're in the midst of some pretty horrific lawsuits, which are pretty solid proof that there has been a, a horrible, horrible culture in terms of how they treat uh, women and minorities and basically anyone in the company that isn't a straight white dude. And it's, it's wild that it has gotten as far out of hand as it has. I mean, there is a, a whole bunch of comparisons to, like, frats and there are situations where large groups are showing up drunk and trying to have sex with women that are working there and like it's absurd that a company this big and that's as public as they are has gotten this bad and it's also they're giving us a ton of reasons to not support them as a company anyways so like they 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 need to understand what they're doing. Like my favorite part of this whole story, though, um, it's it's a it's not a good story at any point. But um, I do have to say, the president is like the president of Activision Blizzard is mentioned by name in this uh, in this lawsuit, and like I think some specific things that they did that. Yeah. <laughs> When, after the news about the lawsuit came out, the president also offered their own kind of statement on it, and they were just like, what? Yeah. I had no idea! Basically being like, there are bad things happening in Activision Blizzard? I've run Activision Blizzard. I think I would know. Like, it's it's awful. It's a horrible, horrible company. Like, 
there's no redeeming qualities for these guys at this point. Especially considering that, like, they were already doing badly as video game makers in the first place. And now on top of that, they are apparently just a horrible, horrible place to work. So it's really not not a great situation for Blizzard or Blizzard properties. There have already been several publications and different video games outlets that have said they're not going to be covering Blizzard anything, like no more games, no more, um, you know, no more even like news about what's happening until they have like concretely fixed the problem and shown public ways they are trying to prevent this in the future. As someone that's been boycotting Blizzard for quite a while anyways because of the whole Hong Kong controversy with Overwatch, um, I'm I'm glad that a, a Blizzard game is coming out so I can actually, yeah. in some way, actually boycott them. Yeah. Um, consider my copy of Diablo 2... Not not, not being purchased. Yeah, yeah. Diablo two, not resurrected. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I already wasn't tough. going to play Diablo Immortal, but now I'm also not going to play Diablo two. Yeah. Anyways, Captain America isn't a virgin, y'all. Thank God. <laughs> so, not really sure what prompted this, but. Uh, Captain America filmmakers have confirmed that he wasn't the squeaky clean, righteous, Ameri- God-fearing American we thought he was. You know what? You're going to have to just go ahead and plan. You're going to need some bleeps in here. Yeah. But um, Captain America? He f- <laughs> <laughs> On At the very least, One once. time. <laughs> So that's actually, that's two sound effects you're going to need to find. Yeah. Number one, lasers. Number two, just a bleep. Yeah. Um, I've always thought it would be funny in the podcast to censor expletives by, instead of doing a beep, it's just a robot voice saying the expletive over it. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, that's enough about Captain America. Let's talk about football. Or more importantly, football. Or more importantly... Women's, Women's football. Football. <laughs> football manager in something that I would say is a pretty big deal. It's not technically a first, but yeah. the the lengths they're going to to actually implement it, I would say, is a first. Uh, they're looking to add women's football to their simulations in football manager, uh, which is a pretty big deal because the way that football is played between men and women's teams is not just the same thing. You can't simply just, like, tweak some numbers and make it all work properly. First off, they have to... They gotta go through, they gotta remodel, or they, they need to make female character models because they didn't have those for a, a male football game, and then they also need to do things like record new motion capture with female motion capture artists, and... <laughs> there's honestly a whole lot that went into it. I was really interested when I was reading the article just how much work goes into adding women's football to a game. Yeah. Which FIFA has had women's football for a couple of years now, but they it's had... not but it's clearly just mechanically the same as yeah. the men's league. And on top of that, I looked up some numbers on it and it was I believe 4% of players yeah. have even touched the women's football portion of FIFA. Yeah. 
That said, I think everyone that plays FIFA these days is still just paying, or playing it for the ultimate team mode, the yeah. card game thing. Yep. I love FIFA, and I have never once started them, started that. So I get the new FIFA every year because I'm an idiot. Okay, so let's kick this football over to my boy Zagreus, who has struck gold again. Hades has won the game of the year. Has it gone gold? I think it's a million copies, right? Uh, probably well past it. Let's double check. How many copies of Hades sold? Uh, it just says one million copies. So congratulations! Yes. They just went gold today, presumably. Yeah, one million copies this morning. Yeah, but uh, Hades has won Game of the Year at Game Developer Con. Is that what it is? Yeah, Game Developer Conference. Yeah, GDC. Yep. Um, which is cool. I think like. I know nothing about game development, but I think what Hades does is absolutely brilliant, where every conversation in the game is completely impacted by previous conversations, and, like, NPCs will appear and disappear based on, like, how much time you've spent with them, and that will completely inform future conversations, and, like, I think it's such a smart game, and on top of that, it's just incredibly fun, so, like, this is, this is cool. I think that, I mean, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Definitely my favorite, like, really recent game. So, like, any praise for it, good in my book. Because I'm ready for whatever Supergiant has cooking. <laughs> It'll probably be completely different and not as good. <laughs> well, I think every game Hades is, or Hades, every game Supergiant has made has been good in some right. It's just Hades is the first one that's, like, on that next level. Hades took what they had put together with games like Bastion and... Transistor. Uh, yeah, Transistor, and just kind of perfected it, I yeah. would say. Uh, that said, I don't like roguelikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I, say it again. And I I didn't like that game on the PlayStation either. Returnal. Yes. but uh, Check out our review of Returnal, <laughs> an earlier episode of the podcast. <laughs> We also talked about new Pokemon Snap, so there's a lot in that episode. But I, I would, what I would really love to see, and this is just wishful thinking, is a game that takes the combat of Hades, but adds it to the depth of Pyre, which is actually my least favorite game that Supergiant has made, but it's definitely their most creative and the one that I think has the most potential to transition them from, like these short burst hack and slash games to like a much bigger RPG. Cause like of the four games they've made, three of them are isometric fighters. And then Pyre was like basically a fantasy sports game. <laughs> um, it was still like isometric and still had some of the combat stuff you've seen in the other games, but you were actually like trying to carry a ball to a goal as, and it was very strange, but like, I liked how, how much there was to that one, and I love the combat of Hades. So, like, I'd really love to see them all thrown together. So, Supergiant, if you're out there, please. <laughs> and Supergiant, also, if you're out there, did you know you can make games that don't use a grid? It's possible. In this day and age. Just consider it. Uh, Jeff Bezos, he went to space. Kind of. He I took, mean, technically. He took a teenager with him. Maybe. <laughs> Ooh, oh no! Oh, oh god! 
Jeff Bezos oh, grabbed an 18-year-old, got in a rocket, and took off. Did he actually... Oh, he went to American space, right? Oh, yes. So, like, he went to space by low orbit is still space standards. Well, famously, uh, the Air Force and NASA had different ideas of what space was uh, back in the day. And in order to make it to where space was somewhere that we could easily get, they just decided that space was lower. Yeah. Everywhere else in the world was like, space starts here. And America was like, what about 50,000 meters below that? <laughs> yeah. So he did He did fly high enough that he was in zero gravity for a minute. And when I say a minute, I mean literally a minute. He was only up there for like 72 seconds. And this whole operation cost millions upon millions of dollars. Hey, just a reminder to everybody working at an Amazon plant. Uh, you know, anybody who is maybe having to pee in a bottle, or worse, not pee at all during work. Um, you paid for this. Direct quote by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> also, I know it's a little bit lowbrow, but I would be remiss if we didn't mention that the rocket looks like a penis. Jeff Bezos took an 18-year-old, got in a penis, and flew to space. There I said it. No more Jeff Bezos penis jokes. <laughs> it, it's because he's he, he has... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. I guess that's just what you do when you're rich and divorced. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him in the cowboy hat? Yeah. That's Can't go to space one. without a cowboy hat. Some people space call him a Space cowboy. Some people call him Maurice. Some people call him a gangster. Uh, okay, well... That's enough about Amazon and Amazon products and Amazon Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> let's talk about... Wonder Woman let's and talk, the Amazons. Let's talk about a game that we almost never mentioned on this podcast, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> we got more news for you. This time, game director, whose name I am now going to look up, Naoki Yoshida wants you to stop making fun of World of Warcraft. And I know it's hard. There's a lot of things to make fun of with World of Warcraft. But for all of you fans out there that really love Final Fantasy XIV, just remember, there's a lot to make fun of about Final Fantasy XIV as well. Hey, just a reminder, anybody that's playing Final Fantasy XIV and making fun of WoW, WoW lets you play as a panda, Final Fantasy doesn't. And I don't think being able to be a cat person or a bunny person makes up for it. Unless you're, I want to be a panda. Unless you're a very specific type of person with interests that we will not judge, but do not align with our own. <laughs> but, yeah, there's been a trend here lately of Final Fantasy players bullying <laughs> World of Warcraft. Not World of Warcraft players, just World of Warcraft, like, the brand on social media... You know what? Going back to an earlier headline, now's the perfect time. You know what? Screw what Yoshida says. Make fun of WoW all you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't feel bad. Now's the time. And anybody that's still playing WoW, um, wait a few more months before you come over to Final Fantasy. They're all ri- they ran out of copies last <laughs> time. The servers are all full all the time now. It's a mess. Yeah. Uh, but in a few months, you should definitely stop paying. Whenever your current subscription runs out, 
You know, you should already, any money you've given to Blizzard, you should definitely make sure to take advantage of. Uh, and then as soon as that subscription runs out, jump ship and come on over to play the Endwalker DLC on Final Fantasy. It looks great. <laughs> okay, but on from running out of keys to jumping the gun with some keys, the world ends with you drops in... Like a week, maybe? Maybe before this podcast goes live? <laughs> You Tomorrow? I want to today. take July 21st or something. Like, no, that's ah, already happened. Good it's news. According to Google, The World Ends With You releases on July 26, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Neo, The yeah. World Ends With You. Yeah. Neo like the rapper or whatever. Actually, it's Neo like the Matrix in this case. July 27th. It's funny that it's like 14, it comes out years, Tuesday. 14 years and one day. So, by the time you're listening to this, The World Ends With You will have already released. The Sorry, world will Neo, have already ended with you. Neo, comma, col- Neo, colon, The World Ends With You will have already released. The World Ends With My Colon? <laughs> <laughs> but, some lucky fans had a chance to play the game early, by accident. And the- some lucky fans are still playing it. Yeah. Because they're smarter than the rest of them. Yeah. So a bunch of keys were released early for The World Ends With You, and people who had pre-ordered the game got to start playing the game. It was an accident, quickly rescinded, and everybody who was still online ended up losing their privileges to play the game. But, if you... No, they actually got... They got keys for the DLC expansion that's coming out, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some kind of upcoming DLC. They revoked the license so you couldn't play it before it came out, but they decided to replace anybody that got a key that let them play early would get some free DLC stuff in the future. Yeah. Uh. But basically, some people got to play the game early. Nintendo was like, well, I don't know about that, and undid it. But the rest of us are going to have to wait till Tuesday, a day before this comes out. Uh, the smarter among them sat there, they downloaded the game, and then immediately threw it into uh, airplane mode. They can't take your game if you're on an airplane. Everyone knows that. <laughs> you're How Nintendo going to get up there? They all got a Nintendo copter. Exactly. You're as in long international as you're... airspace. You're fine. <laughs> as long as your Switch is in airplane mode, Nintendo has no power over you. That's why they canceled wanting... Nintendo Power Magazine around the time that cell phones became big. If you're ever interested in committing murder, just put your console in airplane mode and beat someone to death with it. <laughs> Nintendo has no authority in that case. (laughs) Anyways, I'm real excited for Neo, The World Ends With You. I really like the first one. I'm glad to play one that doesn't have the most bonkers control scheme imaginable. Is this like a full sequel? Can I just look up... I'm just going to look up the story of the first one. I tried playing it on my Switch, and it's... It's hard to Quite play. Bad. Yeah. And there is a new uh, TV series coming, which I think will just be the story of the original, which I think will be pretty cool. Wow. So. Are they going to... Do you think they'll add the part from Kingdom Hearts where Joshua gr- grows wings and flies away? <laughs> so then the next time you see him, he doesn't have wings? Something comparable happens in the game. You're fine. Okay. So that's all our headlines for this week. Jackson, what else have you been into? And don't you dare say Destiny. I actually wasn't. I was going to make myself He was going to say Destiny 2. It was a trick. It's Destiny 3. (laughs) 
So, anyways, last week I talked about how I had started rewatching Arrow. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just finished season two. I'm like halfway through season three. Season two? A lot better than I remember it. It's it's pretty good. It's one of my favorite parts of it. Probably my second favorite part of any like superhero TV show, with the first being the entirety of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Um, two separate shows. Yes, yeah. two separate shows are tied for his favorite moment in video or in uh, superhero media. Yeah, I know what I said. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> the last like two or three episodes of the show all take place during the final battle of. Uh, Slade's attack with his Mirakuru soldiers on Starling City. Now, hey, that was gibberish. Yeah. I've watched the show and I'm still, like, trying to piece together what you just said. Oh, you know, it was Slade's attack with Mirakuru soldiers on Starling City. I know Deathstroke was the bad guy yeah. and he does some bad stuff to the yeah. city. So in season two of Arrow, the, the villain is Deathstroke, who is trying to get revenge on Oliver for killing his love interest. Who's Oliver? Oliver Twist? Oliver Queen, not not associated with the Arrow, um, oh, different okay. guy, yeah. But <laughs> he he gives a bunch of other people the same super. Oh, I'm sorry, we're out of time. The he gives them the same superhero serum that he has, and he just like starts attacking the city with them. And this is like a two or three episode thing. I just thought that was pretty cool. Uh, besides Destiny, that's all I've been doing. So, Jason, what you've been doing? Um, you know, just chilling. I've, <laughs> I, I might have mentioned this before. I started, no, I, I don't think. I started the Final Fantasy VII remake on my you PS5. I have mentioned this before. Good news, I cut it. You cut it? <laughs> yeah. oh, you talked about this before and I cut it. I don't remember why. I think it was a super long episode. So. Uh, well, anyways, if you listen to our extended cuts of the episodes, <laughs> you might have heard I started Final Fantasy VII. But I'll be honest, when I talked about it last time, I was lying. I hadn't actually started it. I'd only down- downloaded it. Uh, but this week, I actually did start it. And I've been playing through it. And I'm just, all the stuff with Jesse at the beginning, it's like, it's cool. I guess it adds a little bit, but there's no plot relevance to any of yeah. it. It doesn't matter. There's a reason those three characters are so unimportant in the original Final Fantasy VII. They like, just wanted to. They just wanted to make Jesse more important for some reason. Yeah. But well, you know, the motorcycle really, part was cool. Yeah, they really had to play up that Cloud didn't have two complicated love interests. Now he has three. three. <laughs> um. Yeah. I do plan to play it again once I have a PS5. But who well, knows when that'll be? I didn't. I never finished it. I got to like chapter. Six, which I thought was really close to the end when I was playing it. And then I found out there's like 14 chapters. Yeah. Um, so I just decided to start it over when I got the you know PS5 upgrade and figured I'd play through this and then the Yuffie DLC. So that'll be fun. Uh, other than that, still playing through that Mass Effect 3. Um, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I will say... I, I had heard a lot of stuff about one of the decisions you make in Mass Effect 3. Um, and some of them that I've heard so much about ever since the game came out just come up and they're not they're not that important. <laughs> like, I don't get why people will talk up some of these decisions. Like, the shot, as they call it, where you have an option of whether, like, you're doing target practice with Garrus and you can choose whether you hit the bottle or not. And it's like... It was dumb. 
Yeah. Uh, that said, I did I did decide to shoot the bottle. I I didn't miss. So. Yeah. We will at some point talk about Mass Effect Three. We just have such a stack schedule, and we're already having to double up on some stuff coming up. So, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm also not even all the way through Mass Effect 2 yet, so... You need to get done with it. It's yeah, so I good. I know. Uh, but I've yeah, been rewatching Harley Quinn with Abby. It's still good. It's it's actually still good the second time I watched it. <laughs> the it, first time it, being, like, less than a year ago. Yeah, it didn't... Uh, I think it was, like, the beginning of quarantines when I watched it, so maybe May of last year? May or June? Somewhere around there. So, yeah, around a year ago. Um, it's pretty good. Highly recommend it. It's on HBO, because it was originally only on DC Universe, and nobody had DC Universe, because why would you pay for that? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't see any point why you'd have DC Universe unless you really liked reading the comics, and like, I get that, but... Where else know. are you going to watch Titans? Also HBO. <laughs> And Doom Patrol. They took all the good stuff from DC Universe, except for the comics, and they put them up on HBO. And I have to say, Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn are really good, and they have season three of Harley Quinn that's currently being done. And I'm pretty excited for whenever that comes out. Um, maybe we'll find out some more about Batman's sex life. Yeah. According if I have anything to go off of based off of, you know, previous headlines about Harley Quinn season three. Yeah. Oh, that's really it for me. Jordan, uh, what have you been up to? Mm, this is a hard one to talk about because realistically all I've been up to are things we are going to talk about on next week's episode. <laughs> I'm playing video games we are we will talk about in the future and watching a television show I've already talked about twice. So let's just say that I'm, I'm into some stuff that you will get a lot more details about next week. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at TBM at TBMcast on Twitter, at Totally Biased Media on Instagram, or shoot us an email to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, your own reviews for new release stuff, any, you know, suggestions for what we can do better or differently or not at all. <laughs> and uh, we just, we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, you know, drop us a line however, however you feel the need to do so. <laughs> but for the Totally Biased Media Podcast, I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. And this episode was actually recorded live. We, st we didn't mention it in the episode <laughs> at all. Um, so I'm just going to drop in something right here where I'm all like, this is live. If, if you figured it out before now, uh, drop it in the comments below, hit like and subscribe. <laughs> if you figured it out before just now, you're legally obligated to go back and give a like to this this episode of the podcast. Anyways, I'm Jordan Walkup. We already did that. I know, I'm doing it again because that's why we close it. I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. And you just felt the live bias. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. No, it's all live. <laughs>